This month on the pod is Catch Up January, where we're covering all the recent movies that we may have missed. And we're kicking it off with Spider-Man No Way Home. Haven't seen it with your hosts, Tim Sestito and Tommy Tavenet. Hello, everybody. Welcome on in. Thank you all so much for listening to us today. We appreciate you listening, and we all hope you had a very wonderful and COVID free New Year's. Tommy, how was your New Year's? Uh, it was good, low key. Just played uh, some games on Zoom with my friends. You know, nothing crazy. <laughs> well, L- yeah. A little some COVID, some COVID free protocols there. Yeah, exactly. So you know, trying to be a little, uh, you know, social distancing. I guess. I, I went. Yeah, I went to a bar around the corner uh, from my apartment, and I gave some poor guy, who, funny enough, he looked like Hawkeye, but if he was like seventy, some just like <laughs> terrible terrible gambling advice on the on the college football playoffs so i had that going for me but yeah Yeah. other than that it was good low-key didn't do anything too crazy uh which is good tommy what movie are we doing today we're covering spider-man no way home the latest in the mcu uh and yeah so neither of us have seen it i mean i guess we saw it two weeks before we recorded but we did another scene um recently (laughs) Yeah, and if anybody wants to complain about it, uh, feel free. We could use the social engagement. So you could follow us on Twitter at SeenItPod. You can also follow us on Instagram at Haven'tSeenItPod. So yeah, please tell us how annoying we are Yeah, about how we're not following our own rule set. And I will tell you to really cry, cry, and cry some more about it. That being said, uh, be sure to give us uh, five stars on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It really helps. Um, so you can tell us how much of an asshole you are. As long as you give us a five star, we'll be okay with it. <laughs> the words really don't matter. It's all about the five stars. But It's all anyway, about the stars. Let's be real. <laughs> it's all about the stars. But anyway, here's Spider-Man No Way Home. Peter. I was wondering if you could make it so Mysterio never revealed my identity. Strange. Don't cast that spell. Fine. I won't. You ready? What just happened? <laughs> you know what I just realized listening to that, Tommy? There's no announce because like we did older movies from the '90s. There's no like, like the number one movie in America, and then it ends, you know, with like just some quotes, like the Home Alone or like the Scrooge one, and then it's and then it says like the title of the movie. They don't say the name of it. They just end with a very precarious laugh that we will get into later because we are going to start this off with a spoiler-free review for part of it, and we'll timestamp it in the show notes. If you haven't seen it, but you kind of want to get our general opinion and hear what we think about it before we dive into spoilers, because believe it or not, there are spoilers in this movie. Yeah, um, big blockbuster franchise. So um, at this point, movie's been out for three weeks, but we still want to be, I guess, polite 
to the people that haven't had the chance to see it. <laughs> so yeah, we, oh, this we, is a first for us. We know how sensitive some nerds can get. So we're really just, yeah, we're doing it for them. So just be thankful yeah. to us for and me as one of them when uh, Timmy spoiled a big part of the movie in uh, one of our group chats. But we'll talk about I, that in our spoiler part. <laughs> I didn't spoil it. I just made a very safe assumption. And apparently it was, in fact, a spoiler. The biggest spoiler of the movie. But uh, we'll get to it. But so this is a first for us. Um, this is the first time we're covering a movie that's not 30 years old um, that actually came out recently. And first time we had to go to the movie theaters to see our movie, which uh, great experience right there at first. I mean, like. At this point, to me, um, I've been going back to the movies since about April, around the time I first got vaccinated. Um, it's been great to be back. Uh, it's feel like the void of my life where I can, instead of watching movies on my TV screen, I can now go back to the big screen and watch them and eat all the fucking popcorn in the world that I want. So um, You do eat a lot of popcorn. I, I have seen it. Yeah. Yeah, Timmy won't uh, let won't share popcorn with me when we go to the movies. It's uh, no. It, listen, if you ever go to a movie with Tommy, do not share food with him because you're not sharing. You are getting about a tenth of the food, and Tommy yeah. is getting the rest of it. But he'll be like, "Well, dude, yo, yo, me, yo, me, you know, yo, me four bucks for the popcorn." I'll be like, "I ate like two handfuls, and the popcorn was gone before the first five minutes of the movie." So yeah, it's written, it's written in the trailer. It's written in the contract uh, when you buy popcorn from me that you're not going to eat almost any of it. So. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Tommy, you are out of the two of us, the biggest Marvel guy. You are, you've, I think you've seen all of the Marvel movies. Am I corrected? With that? Um, at this point, I've seen every single one except for the most uh, recent Eternals movie. Um, uh, yeah, I can't blame you on that. That looked yeah. horrible. Yeah, one of those things. I mean, I will see it though when it comes to Disney Plus, I think uh, next week. So that'll be all cut up. What? So, Tommy, what are your thoughts? Spoiler free. Just give okay. us, give me your general, general opinion on this movie. All right. So I'm trying to be as spoiler free as possible. Uh, I fucking love this movie. Um, no way else to put it. Um, it hit all the classic beats of your great Spider-Man story. Tom Holland, again, was great. Uh, the villains in this movie. Um we're great too. Trying to be as unspoiler as possible, so very vague as as I can be right now. Um, but it just really meant to, uh, went into the heart of Spider Man and what it means to be Spider Man, and really great connecting them, making them um, you know just relatable more and more again as Tom Holland has been doing a great job of. So yeah, I loved it. Great movie. So so I, I would so I wouldn't say I effing loved it um so i i will say i'm not a big marvel guy i think you probably could have gotten that from before yeah i i'm oh i mean it's hard not to like spider-man he's just the most relatable superhero because you you see iron man billionaire billionaire playboy thor god nordic god steve rogers super soldier that that is frozen in the arctic tundra for 45 years and then Spider-Man, kid from Queens, who is a Mets fan. Also, this isn't a spoiler, but but Zendaya as MJ, who who is Peter Parker's girlfriend, does say in the movie that she thinks the Mets can can actually go all the way this this upcoming year. So I ju- I do want to just point that out because was that your favorite part of the movie? Were you just like so fucking happy when she said that? <laughs> uh, if the Mets go all the way, it'll for sure take over as my favorite part of the movie. That's without question. <laughs> Your favorite uh, but, movie of all time, because like Zendaya predicted it right then, but, the Mets knew. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. well, some screenwriter in Hollywood who's a Mets fan predicted it. 
my favorite of the MCU movies is Spider-Man Homecoming. And it's this small little story. We've had two Spider-Man origin stories with the, with great power comes great responsibility, Peter. We all kind of expected that. And they changed Peter's motivation to make Peter kind of have daddy issues for, for with Tony Stark, basically. I yeah. think it really worked there. I thought the movie was genuinely funny. And I really, I think Vulture, outside of Thanos, which is obviously different because Infinity War and, and Endgame are two different entities. But outside of those two, I think Vulture has been the best setup villain in a standalone Marvel movie that is, that's not like an event movie. Like, like this movie, no way home. Not a spoiler, but it, it is an event movie. It is on that kind of it's on the scale of an of an endgame and infinity war, but in but in certainly in different ways. It's a classic Spider-Man story of a yeah. kid who is trying to do the right thing and bites off more than he can chew. And it yeah. gets in the way of his personal life. And like I remember reading the comics as a kid, but like just kind of doing some research online. And I'm sure Tommy, I know you've you've read the comics probably way more recently than I have. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> as recently that, as two days ago. <laughs> nerd alert. That's like the, the hallmark of a classic Spider-Man story. And I feel like like the from what I remember of the Andrew Garfield ones, because I haven't seen those in God God knows how long. I I think i permanently erased the second one that was just horrendous it wasn't that good speaking as a spider-man fan and a marvel fan uh, even i even the first even the first one following up like the toby Maguire ones like the toby ones are iconic but i think this one has nailed peter parker the best and tom holland's fantastic i think he's a fantastic peter parker Mm. i don't think he's the best spider-man but i think he's the best peter parker far and away and i, I think fi- like physically like because he's about ba- he's a trained ballet dancer which andrew garfield and toby Maguire most certainly are not um, yeah like when he does like his poses he he's supposed to move like a spider and he does and he really reflects that when he's like posing and his physicality in the role and i think tom holland he's so charming like you just you want to be friends with him he's great i mean um like you said i can't agree with you that homecoming is one of my favorite of uh the mcu movies in general um i think the upper two of the MCU movies, um, if I had to go, I'd probably say like Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, this one, and Homecoming. The best of those ones are always the ones that like are not just a superhero movie. There's something else. Like for example, like I said, Winter Soldier, 70s spy thriller, really great right there. Uh, Homecoming, the first Spider-Man movie, there's like a John Hughes story where it's just like, okay, we're going to take this first as like a teen uh, co- coming of age comedy. Also, what really works in that, because I didn't really say it before, but but is Michael Keaton as Vulture in that? Because Michael Keaton as the Vulture in that movie, he was a construction worker who had to clean up the Avengers spill. His crew gets screwed over by the people who are picking up the the cleanup of mm. the Avenger, the first Avengers, like all the wreckage that Loki brought to New York City. Screw them over so they start stealing that technology and building weapons because they lost a job yeah first of all all spider-man villains are like kind of bank robbers that's like 90 percent of them are especially in the 60s we're like very early early on they were they've obviously been reiterated a lot of these characters made their debut they were just a bank robber for peter to try to to try and this guy has vulture powers this guy has electric powers right and and that's (laughs) very true to that identity and then the twist of the girl's Liz not, Allen. It's not, it's, yeah, it's not Zendaya. It's whatever girl he's chasing who he asked. It was Liz, Liz Allen. <laughs> was it Liz? Okay. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I remember this. He says so, on yeah. a podcast talking about the MCO. <laughs> yeah. So, and then you do get the really great reveal of Peter going to pick up Liz Allen for the homecoming dance and opening the door 
and seeing Michael Keaton. And he, up to that point, he learned who Vulture was, but he had no idea it was the father. And it, I thought it was an, a fantastic, like I can usually sense when a lot of things are coming. That one, I was like, whoa. That, nice that little was surprise. A, that was a genuine surprise. But this is not a review of Spider-Man Homecoming. You sure? This is a review <laughs> of Spider-Man No Way Home. Actually, funny enough, I wrote. Well, I'm. I am a little confused by the the home names because I, I took notes when I went back to the theater. I did see this in IMAX. Oh, so <laughs> I was going to ask you. So, so um, I didn't do this myself in the theater the second time last night. Um, did you like have a little notepad with you when you were in the movie theater? Uh, yeah, I did. It's it, there. My notes are just horrible because I'm like, there are times where I'm just writing over like what I wrote before because it, yeah. it gets pitch, <laughs> pitch black and I can't see what I'm doing. But I wrote off starting Spider Man Far From Home, which was the sequel or the, the, the sequel, last one. Yeah. The last one. This is No Way Home, but because they're just rhymes on the word home because they're like, it's going to be called the Homecoming Trilogy. And then they put Far From Home and No Way Home, which I don't think are like they make sense, I guess, in context, but they're not. They could have made better titles. Let's let's be real. Yeah, uh, let's be real. So, um, following up on this, um, so how many people are in your movie theater? Were you like trying to shine a little flashlight or something, being that asshole? No, movie no, 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 no. I would never. But <laughs> no, this was. I went to a Monday because I had off of work on Monday. I went to a Monday twelve thirty showing at the IMAX by the Lincoln Center, and okay. there were there were. There was about, I would say, forty to fifty people in like a. It's like a. I think it's like a four hundred seater. So, but I mean, for a t- Monday at twelve thirty, that's a. That's, that's really good. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, it, it, it was. It wasn't crowded. I could be wrong, but it it, it wasn't crowded. But it was there. Were, there. Were, there were that's more there. people than I had in my seven p.m. showing in uh, Norwalk, Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not that many people trying to go in Norwalk, I guess. But yeah, I, I guess part of it is we're really kind of talking about anything else right now because it's really hard to talk about this movie without spoilers. But yeah. <laughs> the, one, the one thing I do want to kind of touch on about this before we get into spoilers, I want to touch upon it at the box office because okay. th- this movie is a really big deal for Hollywood right now as a whole. And I was t- typically, I was kind of overall, I think Marvel is kind of bad for or at least pre-COVID, I thought Marvel was bad for the box office because it's Disney was a, is able to now start to dictate the lengths of movies playing in theaters and at smaller screens. I feel like they're doing that even before the MCU was a thing. Like even no, in like- no, 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 they weren't because they, they they had the MCU before they even had Star Wars. Like they started to like they bought they bought 20th Century Fox. For no franchises, they bought 20th Century Fox to own 40% of all like film production, and they are able to control and dictate. Like they own enough of it to dictate the length of. Like they don't do anything with those properties, but that's that's not the point of this conversation. (laughs) While I feel about that, and I feel once we're we are fully recovered from COVID, when whenever. When, whenever that'll be but um yeah, in the distant future <laughs> but uh this this has been this was a, re- a really 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 important movie for the box office because this this was the event movie Obviously, this was 
Yeah, like this is one of the first. Um, I like I said, I've been going back to the movies since about April. Yeah, um, I, I have two. Yeah, I have two. I mean, I went in February to go see Return of the King in IMAX because because mm. you know, awesome. Uh, talk about talk about nerd alert here. <laughs> oh, oh, right, right back at you. Um, right there. But no, no, it's like one of those things. This is the first movie um, since I've been back in the theaters in April where it felt like things were kind of normal again. Where like it was uh, packed opening night. Um, literally when I first, my first time I saw this was packed opening night and literally like every seat was practically filled. It was practically fully sold out. And during all the, uh, you know, it's just like, you don't know, go into old movies. The thing I love about the uh, collective movie experience when shit happened that we'll talk about in the spoiler section, people were like, Oh my God, what? And I don't know about you, but I love hearing that stuff from an audience. I love the audience reactions of people just collectively like losing their fucking minds. And Spider-Man really brought that back in a way I haven't seen in a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah so i we had that at our showing i went with two of my friends from college to like the initial we went saturday like whatever the saturday after it came out we went i think we went to the 12 12 12 30 showing of it mm-hmm. in the imax so I've, I've only seen this movie in imax so call me spoiled if you want to but new york city privileges <laughs> pretty cool uh yeah but it, it was completely sold out we i actually had a pretty good crowd because i am I'm against the the clapping for member berries from South Park, which is just clapping for the sake of clapping. And uh, oh, I know you you get mad at me when I do that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, grow up, grow up, Peter Pan. <laughs> uh, I, and I got very worried because the Sony logo flashed, which and then like a lot of people started like hollering, and I was like, oh no, like oh. God help me! You're gonna cheer the Sony oh. logo, but there are big moments where I feel like the cheers were definitely deserved. No, no, no. And it, it, as you said, it's nice to hear. Like I like hearing yeah. laughs. I like hearing that stuff. I just don't like cheering like a, a very subtle reference to something. And and oh, and- I, I don't know. I, I'm one of the ones that like I, I completely love that. Like one of my greatest movie experiences um, was when I saw the original Avengers movie about fuck like 10 years ago now which Jesus and I saw a midnight uh, release so literally right when it came out and um, I remember people were cheering during like the the trailer for the Dark Knight Rises I remember <laughs> people were bursting out cheering just for that just for the fucking trailers before yeah, and dude, then, I uh, during the movie ch- just as much when I, Sorry, when, yeah. I saw, when I saw Dune in the theaters, I somebody cheered for the Matrix trailer, and I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, help us. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, how can, I get, how can I get out of this shit? <laughs> yeah, well, but our crowd was pretty good. There were like one or two troublemakers that tried to like cheer everything, and like everybody else genuinely was pretty good about it. Like, yeah. you, you know, like they, they would just try to cheer like, like a very obscure Spider-Man reference, and it's just like please please stop like you just just let the movie happen so on the box office that i just to put this into context i'm trying to put some of the the struggles that hollywood has had these past uh this past year with there's been something releases. called yeah there's been something called the coronavirus that's been going around that made theaters not as packed well, as they once used to be <laughs> I, I well i mean i'm, I'm even talking about some well no th- this movie proves that covid does not stop people from going to a theater it's yeah. the accessibility of the movie at home and the window of it actually coming out at home because people do not mind waiting a month for something to come, come out at home. Just to put into perspective, the number five global movie, this is global, so this is included. There's two like Chinese movies that I've never heard of before that are two and three. 
Number four is the last James Bond, No Time to Die. And number five is Fast Nine, the Fast Saga. And worldwide, that made $721 million at the box office. Domestically, it made $173 million, which is... Yeah, that's that's, grim. That's very, very, very low. And if you go back to Fast eight hey i guess I don't, I don't really watch the fast movies what year did that come out i think what the, the, like fast eight it came out i think in like the fate of the, the fate of the furious right that's what it's called yeah so th- that was the domestically that was the 10th movie of the year but and domestically that made 226 million dollars domestically yeah and even well it's how- it's kind of pathetic because like um when you think about it, like because i'm pretty sure like endgame or it was an mcu movie that like broke on opening weekend alone pre-pandemic um like 200 million so the fact that this movie like couldn't even break that over its whole like theatrical run is just like showing you how terrible it's been <laughs> yeah and, and people love one well, i'm not gonna crap on the fast and furious movies they're not my cup of tea but people love the fast and furious movies they're and very popular I, and i think the last one i saw which was like fast four maybe it was fun. I had a good time. I mean, no complaints. No complaints from me. It's it's one of those movies that people think has themes to it that doesn't, but that's fine. It's just cars like falling from the sky. That's yeah. They're they're dumb fun that's, action that's awesome. movies. That's, I guess that's all. That's awesome. That's awesome. There's cars. There's like flying cars with missiles. That's awesome. Sorry, that rules. And like Vin Diesel and The Rock just like lifting weights. Like that's that's my opinion of those movies. Um, never never been a big fan either so um, we won't cover on the pod probably (laughs) you never know never say never (laughs) but i'm just trying to like put into context how much that is struggling that if it it it's did way worse than its sequel and even in 2019 they released fast and furious hobbs and shaw which is a a spinoff with whoever hobbs and shaw are uh the rock no, it's the Rock and um, oh, the Rock, Jason Statham, it, right. and yeah. yeah, so two action stars that like, made that did 173 million domestically. That damn. in 2019, <laughs> and that, that's a spinoff. So that did the same as like a mainline series. So it it shows how much these movies are. The movies have struggled, and I think AMC was really riding on this because they did a they did a huge push for this movie. I know that, and. We are what this came out the 18th, the 7th, whatever, the 17th, something like that. Uh, December, so two or three weeks, right? It's been out, yeah, yeah, at this point, yeah. Domestic box office to this point, 621 million dollars, a worldwide <laughs> box office of 1.38 billion dollars. Um, yeah, and I, I think that's, I think that's really important for movies as a whole, in general, it's. Um, it's the first movie ever to cross um, the billion dollar threshold since um, worldwide since the pandemic started. So, I mean, like, yeah, it's good. It, it's, it did. So I'm looking at 2019 because that's the last year that we kind of have context. I, I think this is interesting. Avengers Endgame did 2.7 billion. This isn't going to touch that. That's yeah. fine. Like that, that was the event of all event movies. Yeah. But lightning did, in a fucking pan. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 that did 858 million domestically. And Spider-Man's at 600 three weeks in. So I think that's really interesting that that 
this seems like it's doing better domestically than Endgame did at at this pace. And especially when you consider there's like an Omnicrom variant rise, which which I could see definitely causing people some some hesitation about about going to to the movies. Um, But also you have to remember, like it's hard to kind of look at these and and seeing Dune at number eleven on this for twenty twenty one. But it was released on HBO Max, so it, it kind of, and it did. It still did 107 million domestically, and people just watched it at home. Like it, you know, it's, well, yeah, you, you also have to like factor in the um, you know, not everyone's like movie geeks like us, where we've been going back to the theaters for almost a year now at this point. Um, for a lot of people, the new Spider-Man movie was the first movie that they've seen since March since of 2020. Pandemic. Yeah, yeah, since the pandemic started. <laughs> probably, and I, I bet for a lot of people, the first movie they've seen in theaters since Endgame or the whatever the last Spider-Man was, they probably haven't been uh, to the yeah. theater. They probably haven't been to the theater since then. Exactly. But just, I, it's a lot of pent you, up like aggression. And Do you think in 2022, and let's just say that Warner Brothers stops doing the releases, because I think they might. I think they, they are, might. They already said they are. They're, they're going to stop. Yeah, which one I think is, I think it's healthy for movies. <clears throat> I think there's just an appeal of being in that theater. And obviously you and I have that, but I think more people would go to see these movies if they're, if they didn't have, like they have a sound bar, they have a 65 inch television and they go, why would I go spend a lot of money to go to a movie when I could watch the same movie with my HBO Max subscription? And I think with the hopefully once this variant comes down and everything's kind of, con- you know, contained and permanently contained, I, I, I could see, mo- I think when people really start feeling comfortable going back out again, I could see the movies kind of making a run. I think people will start to look to do things that wasn't, that weren't, that isn't at home. You know, I think there, I think there's still a lot of people who even vaccinated are very cautious about who they see, what they do, where they go. And I think the movies might be a good refuge for them. So I, I'm. It's I'm... gonna be a weird mix, I think. Um, I think that with HBO sure. Max, like, um, I don't think we're ever gonna see a big budget comedy movie. Yeah, but com- no. com- comedies, I don't know if they need to be there. Well, comedies don't need big budgets. The best comedies have a have a million dollar budget. They don't. It's it's yeah. all in the writing and the jokes. It's not. But for some movie. reason, people like to dump over to Netflix and streaming now instead of because a lot of people don't like that. Don't think like oh. I need to see Anchorman 2 in theaters or I need to see um, I don't yeah, know, a new yeah. Seth Rogen movie. Um, oh, but we're going to see a lot more franchises and uh, genre movies like horror movies, like the new Scream. People are going to fucking see in theaters, you know. Are you excited um, for the new Scream, Tommy? I am so fucking excited. All my Instagram ads are just flooded with the new Scream movie because they realize how much of a fucking super nerd I am about that. <laughs> hmm, how interesting would it be if we covered that on a podcast? Hmm. 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 Do we have a movie podcast hmm. or something? I'm not sure. Hmm. 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 <laughs> not so subtle uh, foreshadowing. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, just to kind of wrap this kind of discussion off at the box office, I, I agree with you. I think that it's going to be a lot of franchises and it, 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 it had been moving that way to begin with. Mm. But for someone like me who forced you to come into the city and see a remastered print of goodfellas at the film forum oh you didn't force me i wanted to see that too (laughs) it's more tommy it's more fun if if i say i forced you to come okay man just you know just just i'll go with it i'll go go along with it thanks yeah (laughs) um 
I enjoy the theatrical experience. I hope for smaller films that I think there will always be a place. And thankfully I live in a city that will always be able to cater it, but I, I feel bad for parts of the country that will, that might suffer from, from that and not be able to see, you know, maybe think about how big of a hit parasite was and mm-hmm. how many people went to go, you know, broke their comfort zone to go see a, a foreign language film in a theater. Yeah. And uh, we're very lucky in that aspect that like we have the ammo draft house um, near yeah, us. We, we have those things, but there's parts of this great country that do not have that yeah. access and at all. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think it'll be interesting to kind of track, but I do think this movie kind of saved the big chain theater. Cause I think if this, if we were looking three weeks in at $620 million to Spider-Man no way home worldwide, I think Regal and AMC and whatever chains that still exist are just slamming the panic button and uh, and and you know cl- closing shops left, right, and center, and keeping just a couple screens uh, open for just the MCU's or the Star Wars of the world. Pretty much yeah, anything the, Disney's playing out. Yeah, the the uh, the big boys. Uh, yeah. So yeah. on that note, if you have if you have enjoyed this spoiler free discussion of Spider Man No Way Home, which we I mean, we said about two minutes of in about 20 minutes. Thank you very much for listening. You are excused from class. You may go listen to anything else. Do whatever else you need. For everybody else. Oh, spoiler alert. It's spoiler times, baby. We are and, in the spoiler zone. This is a spoiler and not, danger and not zone. To, <laughs> and not to bury the lead here, but dude, I can't believe they brought Sandman back from Spider-Man 3. Yeah, very in the lead right there. That's the most important, obviously. No, but there are three fucking Spider-Man in this movie. We have Andrew, Toby, and fucking Tom Holland all on the screen together. I fucking just had like a nerd, like fucking euphoria right there where I was like, fuck yes. So for so for everybody who is not a nerd, so Toby McGuire played Peter Parker in the, the Spider-Mans from the 2000s, the ones you probably remember. Mm-hmm. Andrew Garfield played Peter Parker in The Amazing Spider-Mans, which was Sony's very weak attempt to just hold on to the franchise rights of <laughs> Spider-Man. Pathetic. And Tom Holland is the Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic the MCU universe. one. Yeah. So, Timmy, of the three, so before we go really deep into it, who is your favorite of the three Spider-Man in general? So, let me say this. Andrew Garfield's it's he's kind of in an unfair position because he was yeah. in this movie for 40 minutes. Well, first of all, let me say I was they gave them like sufficient screen time. Toby Maguire hasn't been in anything since like The Great Gatsby. So Yeah, like that was 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, that I, that I was very surprised that he was I was how big how many Brinks trucks did they just back up to his house and just say, Oh, Toby, both of them. Up. Well, it's so no, funny because, no, no, like, not Andrew. From what I understand, from what I've, I've read online, Andrew Garfield, like, grew up loving Spider Man, always wanted yeah. to be Spider Man. So I, I think for him, I think the disappointment is that is that the Spider Man m- movies were that he got were just shafted completely. Um, tra- Andrew, yeah, and also it's a, and it's not his fault, but he's like he's just kind of too cool to be. 
Spider-Man. <laughs> like Spider-Man's kind of a nerd, and like it's one of Andrew, those things that like Andrew Garfield's um, just, like the coolest guy you know. Like it, it like yeah. everything about he's so suave and just like slick, and that's like everything that Peter Parker isn't, and it, it and it's not his fault. And I will say this: I think he he had the biggest redemption in this movie. Andrew oh Garfield yeah, no, they, they give him a ton of moments um, in general, like a lot of emotional beats um, where Peter, uh, like you said, you touched earlier that like um, he's too cool to be Peter. I think that they based his version of Spider-Man more on the Ultimate Comics version, where Peter was yes nerdy, but he wasn't a super ultra nerd. He's more of like the kind of like popular kind of geeky guy that like uh, you know he got along with people, but like he got picked on it. But, but he, for the most part, wasn't like um, Toby's Peter, where. Um, it's funny because Andrew Garfield definitely, like he said in interviews, that he was heartbroken when they canceled the Ultimate Spider-Man, uh, or not Ultimate Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man series. He was heartbroken and was just like, whatever. Toby, meanwhile, didn't really give a shit about the series. Like, uh, I rewatched all the Toby movies to get prepared for this, and I was looking up some trivia, and Toby apparently never even read a Spider-Man comic before he was cast as Spider-Man in the first one, like 20 years ago. <laughs> what, an, what an absolute alpha uh, <laughs> yeah exactly well to- toby so, toby mcguire one of the more infamous like assholes in hollywood yeah. like one of the more like the people that if you if you do your deep dives on 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 these kind of things of like who's a real diva on the set that you wouldn't think of toby oh, well, he- is on that list it's a reason why he so i'm looking at his imdb so he was in the great gatsby in, mm-hmm. in 2013 labor day Never heard of it. (laughs) Spoils of Babylon TV series in 2014. I remember that, yeah. He was the narrator in legendary film, The Boss Baby, in 2017. And then then this movie. For somebody who's as big of a name, and it's it's because of Spider-Man, he just he just fell off the face of the earth. He, it's kind of one of those things. I feel like when you get to the point of like Toby, when you're in big franchise movies, there's either two ways you can take it where it's like you can go like the A-list star route, or it's like, okay, I'm going to keep on this, keep on this fame, keep on this going, keep doing like the rock where you're going to do more franchises or you just become fucking, I'm going to become a recluse. I have all this money. I don't need to work a single day again in my life. So fuck it, <laughs> you know? And I kind of admire Toby in some aspects for that, but um, you know, there's been so many stories in like the early 2000s of him and Leo DiCaprio uh, being best buds and getting in fights with people at bars in LA and shit. <laughs> uh, it's called the Pussy Posse, Tommy. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's a th- if you don't know, it's a thing. Look it up. So we have the three Spider-Man. They make their epic return. Some would say long-awaited. Some would call it fan service. Some would call. There's a lot of ways to go with it. Um, I kind of sometimes try to look at these as somebody who you could call a, a hater or a, or a just not not a fan of it uh, as as member. But non fan lies to say the least. And then yeah, from crit- from from trying to be at least neutral. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm critical of them, but I, I have found enjoyment in a, many of these movies. So it's not like <laughs> I just hate that. It's not like I just hate these movies. Yeah. I would say, you know, when you think of member berries, which was from South Park, where yeah. it was, they did a whole thing about nostalgia and how a lot of franchises just start, you know, the latest Star Wars sequel trilogy. It's a great example of just putting a bunch of crap in a movie that you remember and that you like, but it doesn't make the movie better. I think this works in the context of the movie really well. 
I think for this Spider-Man movie, because I know in from what I read in the comics or about the comics, like the multiverse, like that's like a that's like a thing, like right, like that's a comic. I I could go to go to go in my nerd corner because I'm the comics expert. No, 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 please, 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 just, just, just real quick, real quick. No, no, no. Let's go to this in the comics. The Spider-Verse concept is a thing that originated in the comics. I'm not going to go into the deep details because the story of it gets really weird, where it's like vampire hunters are trying to kill Spider-Man. Which All right, you're dumb. going, you're going, you're going into it already. Please, I'm going, please, I'm going please. into it. But it's so basically, long story short, this is a long story tradition of they did Spider-Verse in the comics about ten years ago, and you have to imagine the second that that issue, those issues came out, fucking Kevin Feige and like the rest of like the MCU uh, heads were like, we gotta fucking do this. <laughs> we need this. <laughs> Amy Pascal was like, how can I get this fucking money like printed to my desk like, right now? <laughs> you think Kevin Feige slapped the table just like you did? Yeah. Yeah, you think it was like a table slap, like we need to do this, or just like a like a toss the book down and say we need to do this? I, I toss the book down. I mean <laughs> Well, you're you're kind of saying two different things right now, Tommy, but that's okay. Uh, but uh, we're at that point. <laughs> I, I think this is more of a compliment to into the Spider-Verse, but this isn't even close to the best multiverse Spider-Man movie because mm. I, I think like I think this is a really good movie. And hand well, first of all, they have so you have five villains come back, one from each of the pre-existing Spider-Man movies. So you have so Willem Dafoe returns as Green Goblin, Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. Uh, we have Sandman, who's uh, I don't remember who plays him. Thomas Hand Church. We have uh, the lizard from that movie I completely forgot about because it was just horrible. And By then we had, <laughs> And then we had Jamie Foxx return as Electro, and I only know that because Jamie Foxx is very famous. Yeah, and the funny thing is, for the most part, every character is pretty much like not that much different from when we saw him in the MCU. I mean, not in the MCU, but in their previous movies. But Jamie Foxx was one of those things that like. Amazing Spider-Man 2 was just such a disaster, such a fucking dumpster fire, especially Jamie Foxx's character within the Amazing Spider-Man 2. And they're on, like, ah, all right, we're fucking rebooting this. <laughs> we're rebooting the character uh, specifically. Like Jamie Foxx, like, yeah, it's Electro from those that universe, but they, they even touch upon the story. We're like, oh, I'm not a fucking loser in this universe. This is awesome. <laughs> That's Jamie yeah. Foxx's character arc. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I think... Well, they handle they handle the villains really well. Part of what makes this movie works is that seventy five percent of the people will have seen three out of those five movies. Ninety eight percent of those people will have the knowledge of there were two other Spider Man movies, or two other Spider Man franchises, and that these were the villains from those movies. Like it's and they would have they they would know at least the the original Toby ones with like William Dafoe and which mm. is why I think because the first villain that makes his appearance is Alfred Molina from from Spider Man Two because I think that's one of those like they were like we can't just have the lizard make the first appearance people would be like who why is why is there a CGI monster running around who who is this guy <laughs> also wait we should probably uh, maybe give a little plot context uh, just. Just to kind of understand why this dimensional riff happened. Um, yeah. At, at the end of this movie picks up right where Spider-Man Far From Home uh, ends, uh, where J. Jonah Jameson makes his triumphant return, uh, being played again by uh, J.K. Simmons. 
who he's he's great. I I, I love him in you, that role. He's you, just, you gotta, he he has so much. You could just tell he has some blast in that in that role. But you gotta he, yeah, love that even before they introduced the the whole multiverse aspect that they were like, you know what? We're not gonna recast the role. We're just gonna fucking keep uh, J.K. Simmons. He 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 is this role. We can't have anyone else be fucking J. John Jameson. Like fuck no. <laughs> yeah, the, which is which is correct by the way. Which is yeah. <laughs> Correct. Mysterio, played by Jake Gyllenhaal in the last movie, reveals Spider-Man's identity, and it starts this war, which I think is because wait, in the last one, Mysterio pretends to be like uh like pretends to be a hero and like crafts villains that he only he can defeat. Right? Is is that the gist of it? Uh, uh, essentially, it. he's like a projectile. He, he projects he's illusion. He projects- he's illusionist. That's what it is. he just like, yeah, makes yeah, illusions yeah. and stuff. So <laughs> yeah, so. So people think that that he's a hero, and it you know it starts off with a very nice, sweet little arc because like all three of these movies have really handled the high school element, I think, really well. That like the other two certainly did not touch on at all. Yeah, not at all. Where, where, um, with them, but like you know him, Ned and MJ have like a they have a nice little friendship going there, even if Ned is very clearly the third wheel in that situation. And they're all trying to get into MIT together, which is just, I mean, talk about, talk about, you know, movie on, you know, unrealistic three people from the, you know, come on, <laughs> come, come on. Uh, well, it's, but, it's one of those things that's very funny. I, I do like the aspect of that. Like they're all going to go to the same um, college together. And like, that's a very high school teenager aspect. Like yeah, I, re- it, I remember. It's, it's that. Str- I mean, you're wearing a super bad shirt right now. And that's the whole stress of that. That's where the whole like yeah. conflict of that movie stems from. It's, it's a real thing when you're, when you're at the end of your high school, these people that have been your friends for five, 10, 15 years or whatever. And yeah. you know, you're, you're moving on. Uh, it was well, scary. I remember when you were uh, you were at Marist. Um, I think I applied early decision to Marist specifically for no other reason than like, oh, Timmy goes there. That'd be fun to hang out with him. <laughs> Which Thank God, okay. yeah, yeah, no. I think we're both uh, very happy with the way it turned out that I uh, was rejected from Marist. But I'm that's another teasing. story. <laughs> I'm teasing, but yeah. Uh, so he goes to see Doctor Strange uh, to Stephen, as he's now allowed to call him. Yeah, and have him make the spell which i i mean i fully don't get the mystic arts in 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 these i remember seeing dr strange and thinking oh the visuals were cool and then not remembering a single thing that happens in the movie but that's all you need to know (laughs) yeah uh but he like i i feel like the one real like and i'm not like a cinema sins like plot hole plot hole plot hole Mm -hmm. There, yeah. there is no way that that Doctor Strange, no matter how good of friends he is with Peter Parker now, would ever cast a spell for Peter to for people to forget who Peter Parker is. Like that, 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 that it borders the line of the dark well, I'll, arts. As I'll, I'll, I'll go. Wayne um, says it feels like it feels if it, it felt very at least in the movie version of 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 it. Well, I, I think that if we're going into um, like the sequel, because uh, they're still in Doctor Strange 2, and in Doctor Strange 2, the trailer, you could see his love interest, um, Rachel McAdams, got married to someone else when he was 
snapped by Thanos. There's so much fucking backstory you need to go into all these movies now. But um, yeah, I think that... Leave it, leave, it, leave it alone. So, so just, just, just to finish my point, just to finish my point, um, I think that Doctor Strange was kind of like, ah, I get it, yeah, shit sucks. So uh, I'll help you out, Peter. Fuck it, I'm depressed. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, listen, it. I, I, you can easily get over it because the, the ensuing adventure after that is very, very fun. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't but i i just think like like the you know like the calling to action like what real what, what's the moment that kicks the story off like this is the moment that kicks the story off um and in you know it, like the motivation of strange just it doesn't feel 100 right it just it feels a little bit a little bit off in in my opinion but yeah it yeah it, 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 it it's it's something you can easily get over so strange tries to do the spell for peter um and he, peter keeps yelling at him being like oh make sure mj still remembers me he, he's basically wishing he doesn't he went to become the he became the most famous man in the world and he's yelling at strange like oh but i want i want mj to know and i want ned to know and i want my aunt may to know and i I want happy to know and you know strange just keeps getting angrier and angrier and angrier and this spell he is able to contain the spell but it it creates some ruptures in the multiverse and in, in the multiverse they are people who knew the name peter parker start coming out and it starts with alfred molina on the on the bridge where Peter is trying to find the MIT uh, admissions woman. And he, I love, I actually really liked the detail of Peter, like he's flinging to the car and like he changes out of his Spider-Man suit and he's just in like the most wrinkled suit I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, that's a good touch. Like a 17 year old yeah, who lives with his aunt is going to just have like the most wrinkled suit to try to just be like, hi, can you take me seriously please 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 just take me seriously um but P- I, peter I, that i thought that was an okay action sequence i i one of my issues i've come to realize with marvel as a whole and i think this movie does a little bit better than other ones especially like endgame but like i've found like the fighting action sequences in a lot of marvel movies to be pre-rendered nonsense that just like I, I don't know what's going on and i oh i i don't know i don't i, don't I know, know i know i i know i know tom i know but <laughs> i'm but i've i've always it's just a lot of people getting hit into walls and having cars and other big things thrown at them and that's i think they could do i think they can do which is why i like strange because like later on peter and strange fight over this cube and they go into strange's what, what what's the world called tommy uh, the mirror dimension. <laughs> mirror. It's good to have you here because you can be like my, my I, boss yeah. Of like, what, what are, what, what, what's the actual word I'm looking for? Well, while really... Timmy, while Timmy covers the plot, I'll just uh, fill in a little nerd moment right there. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, but so, and and Peter, you know, they they have a, that's the longest action sequence early on when he's when he does villain roundup and uh, basically. In Villain Roundup, it's they just sent like Strange gives Peter this like portal gun 
that he puts on his arm to send these mm. villains back to and it's basically like a like a like a hall it's like a trophy room of spider-man villains in the basement yeah. of the <laughs> dr strange house in in new york city which I, I actually found kind of amusing that they're just behind this weird sci-fi you know wall that they you know they can't get through no matter their powers they, they don't even and need to explain it they're like fuck but, it just whatever it, 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 see the you you agree with me here. This is where we don't need that information. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. It's fine. They all try like, to get out and it doesn't work. We got it. It's fine. Yeah. But the last one they find is Norman Osborne, who goes to May's soup kitchen. He is, you know, he he's pretty bipolar, I think is a good way to put it. Is you know, he's say the least. Yeah. He's well, he's doctor, he's I mean he's very much based off Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde as a villain where, you know, he's when he's Norman Osborn, you know, he's a smart scientist, well-respected businessman. And he, when he becomes, and he's, it's a little bit of Gollum too, mm. where they talk back and forth, like the dark side and the good side, but he goes to Mace kitchen as Norman. And I think, I think that was the most background that any of these villains get and i think it was the most crucial because i think if you're kind of coming in saying like yeah i saw the original spider-man haven't seen it in 10 years you're just going to remember green goblin you're not going to remember the who norman osborne is and why that villain ultimately works so well it's because like this whatever serum he takes or whatever puts the you know splits his personality in half but having having us reintroduced to Norman, I think was very, very, very important. And it's only for like two minutes, but it, it also sets the motivation of the movie for Spider-Man where May says to Peter, he's, she tells him like, you need to make these people better because all these iterations of the Spider-Man villains were pulled from right before they die fighting Spider-Man. And with the exception of Sandman. <laughs> well, and lizards, actually. Uh, so. Please, please. I, I, like I said, I'm interjecting. I'm interjecting. <laughs> please, please, please. But they really do a good job of not spending a ton of time like giving these people background. And that's part of the benefit of knowing these characters is that I they don't need to set them up. And that, that being said, I did like they did have like one little scene um, where it was pretty much like them all in the room together. Once they finally capture all the villains where pretty much it was just the exposition dump of a fucking scene where uh, yeah. Sandman was like, OK, these two, Doc Ock and Green Goblin, you both died. And uh, Lizard, you are a lizard. And Jimmy Fox, you were once weird and now you're electric. And okay, that's all I need to know. Here's the backstory. Fuck it. Let's get back to the movie. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, and 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 you do need that. You need to just provide that context. For exactly your, for the audience. It's like the Stan Lee motto that every every comic book is someone's first comic book. So you have no, to have a little it's, bit of the backstory. It's a good. It's a good it, uh, that's a good quote. I did not. I had never heard that quote before. I like that quote. Yeah. But he, I I think the moment and why I'm really want to touch on it and why I'm trying to build up a lot of boring plot is the, the may Peter relationship in this movie. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't, it's not, it's not like super expanded on it's, it's based off their, his relationship with her in the past two movies, but 
Peter takes them all back to Happy's Long Island City condo, which is a very nice condo, by the way. Very nice condo. Stark hooks him up. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Working for Stark Industries will get you paid pretty well. But I mean, yeah. he could he could have afforded a penthouse in Manhattan on, on a Stark salary, let's be honest. If he wanted it. If he wanted it. But it's a Spider-Man movie. It has to be in Queens. Um, they, they go to his... They, he takes all these villains he has this fight with strange over this cube like strange is like i'm going this is their fake peter we're going to send them back to their to their time and if they're set meant to die they're meant to die and strange is very pragmatic (laughs) yeah and and he has to be that and i that that works yeah and like the fight that ensues really works because of the visuals they basically make they basically inception if you've never seen a dr strange scene before they inception the cities that he's in and they like fold them all over yeah he can he can have trains appear he can have anything appear and peter uses the power of math to defeat dr strange which i hated that i I know that's i know Ah, geometry (laughs) yeah i i I know that's spider-man's quippy but uh, that yeah you know leave the nerd leave the leave the nerd nerd stuff at home take the nerd out of spider-man says timmy (laughs) i Next podcast, I'm having a nerd drop, Tommy. I'm I'm having a nerd drop. Okay, <laughs> it's going to the soundboard. We're having a soundboard going, now. Yeah, we, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you've noticed a, a a quality improvement, it's because we have a soundboard. Believe it or not, yeah. but uh, podcasting, baby. Yeah, he <laughs> he steals the villains from Strange's house and brings them to Happy's apartment, where May is very serious about thick, you know, helping these guys get rid of whatever went wrong with them like they they did like a background about like what happened and i think sandman was like i fell on a compressor and 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 jamie fox like i fell on a vat of eels and like in the 60s i guess that made sense in a for a contemporary audience it's like they're utterly ridiculous statements but uh but they just like like kind of yeah, you have to lean into how fucking yeah, stupid no, all this no, shit no, is but it, it, was, it, it was dry it was a dry it was a yeah. dry humor of just like like wink wink yeah we get it we get it it's this is stupid it's dumb yeah. they go from that and they what's the thing that happy was hiding for tony in his apartment what's it called what the arc reactor yeah he had an arc reactor which the thing that made tony stark tony stark but made him um iron man <laughs> yeah you learn something new every day on this podcast folks so, and knowledge come yeah. in handy one day. <laughs> yeah. So, so we, he starts using it to build programs to Peter and Norman as Doc, as you know, he's not Green Goblin yet, where he uh, starts to build like things. And the first one he does it for is Doc Ock, and he actually fixes Doc Ock, and he becomes, uh, Oc- you know, Otto Octavius again. And, you know, he's like, you know, Peter, my boy, it's so good to see you. Let me help you. Because, you you know, the the arms control. His tentacles were controlling them, yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Peter's spidey sense starts to tingle. 
I gotta yeah, admit, I love this scene where um, yeah, like, I, I it worked really well. It was like it a very like panic like room, like almost shaky cam thing, where like all of a sudden Peter's looking around, he's like, "What the fuck is going on? Like, what's happening? Who, who the hell is doing this?" <laughs> yeah, and and they let it go for a while. Too. Like it, it's yeah. not like just like a lot of times in the movies, like the spider sense is like like you see his arm hair stick up and then he jumps. Like it's like it's about a minute of like the spider sense tingling because because full on fucking uncut gems level of paranoia well, well yeah, <laughs> that wrong <laughs> timmy does wrong. not like my movie comparison <laughs> the, that movie was like anxiety like like if you have bad anxiety do not ever see the movie uncut gems because you will have an anxiety attack it's not movie. a fun adam sandler movie i'll tell no. you that much <laughs> yeah but it's the best one he's made in quite some time which is not saying much. <laughs> True. But, um, they, you know, but when you put into the context of there's five infamous Spider-Man villain all around Peter, like he doesn't know who it is. Mm-hmm. But then they make the very wise decision of having it be Willem Dafoe, who he he's just such a good bad guy, man. He can just, he can, he can play a baddie like nobody else. Like he, when he snaps that voice that just... Oh, man, it, the it, cackle of it. Yeah, he's he he he's great. He is so goddamn good in this movie. Yeah. But then a, a fight breaks out in the apartment, and the police show up because the Daily Bugle with J. Jonah Jameson is trying to set up Spider Man to get him arrested or whatever. J. Jonah Alex Jones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't need to go into that, but he. <laughs> This isn't a politics pol- podcast, Tommy. It's no, just a I'm movie. I'm saying that's where they based them on. <laughs> yes. Yes, that is who they based them on. If, uh, so moving on. <laughs> actually, you know what we need, Tommy? We're going to need a... That's what makes the frogs gay sound drop. That's that's the next sound drop. I think before I put a nerd sound we're, drop. We're, we're getting all the sound drops in, so it's going to be like a hacky morning show by the end of this podcast. <laughs> yes, yes, very true. <laughs> that's what we're going for. Um, but they have they have the big fight scene, and it's it's goblin kind. Of, like I, there's this in this part. I, there's part where Peter is just wailing on Defoe, like he's like just punching him in the face, and he just has like the biggest smile that anybody's ever had, like a like a kid on Christmas getting punched in the face. Yeah, and uh, it, it, like it's just that joy that he's able to. Like, like you can just tell, like, Willem Dafoe is a, an Academy Award caliber Oscar, you know, actor. And he, you, you could just tell he has way more fun on this set than he does on the set of like the Florida Project, you know? Mm. But, oh, well, I thought you might have something to add to that, but that's okay. Podcasting, baby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is podcasting right now. So, um, yeah, no, William Defoe, just like in general, like he always plays such a fucking good creep and like f- fucking good asshole. And he really leans into like the duality of it. And going back, um, like we we're talking about earlier, how they like, streamlined some of the villains, like Jamie Foxx, for example, got streamlined completely. And same thing with Norman Osborn to an extent where they first show him in his classic Power Rangers outfit from the original Tobey Maguire movie. And then they're quickly like, okay, we all know this was lame. So fuck it. Norman's going to look whoa, different. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not. A bit, I'm not a big fan of the Power Rangers outfit from the Toby movie. <laughs> oh, I love. I love. Well, and I think visu- like vi- visually, like I, I, 
Visually, it looks cool, but it's not a motive. And when you have an actual, well, like no, no, but I'm saying, visu- well, that doesn't visually work in the MCU, but visually, how campy that first Spider Man movie is, mm. it really works. Like, like when he he like throws the bomb and like he disintegrates like the business guys and like Mars attacks skeleton. South. You see, <laughs> yeah, yeah but, like it works in that. It does. It doesn't work in that. But anyway, during this fight sequence, they tumble down to the lobby, and Aunt May, who is trying to escape the building, is there, and Gobby calls his his glider, and it nips nips uh aunt may and we get something i didn't actually think we would get and i would say it's happened three times in the spidey in the, movies in, in the, general <laughs> yeah in the eight spider-man movies that exist it's happened in three of them which is a pretty large sign which is uh, yeah with great power comes great responsibility which has been said by uncle ben this time it's Aunt May, and it's. I think it's easily the most earned of it of them. I, the first one it was going to happen. If you knew anything about Spider-Man going into that movie, you knew it was going to happen. But that was also like the second superhero movie to come out, so it's not. It's not that big of a. It's not that like it felt natural know, in the Toby movie. I rewatched it yeah, recently, and yeah, it's in the Toby. It's but it's also really well done because yeah, first time you've seen it. Yeah, well, not even the first, even if you want to rewatch it works, whereas like, I don't even remember what happens in The Amazing Spider-Man. It just felt like they put uh, that someone, in there. As someone that watched it, yeah. In The Amazing yeah. Spider-Man movie, it was mostly just like, ah, fuck it. Just, we're going to say this movie, so we got to do you it. Have to, whole- you, it's in Spider-Man, so you have to say it. Yeah. Uh, um, so I think it, it's really earned here because you have two mo- movies of build-up. And even, it, she's in, is she in Civil War? She's in Civil War, but she's not in the Avengers movies. Yeah, that's fine, but she's she's in the she's in so she's in she's in four Marvel movies. Mar- Marissa Tomei, yeah. as Aunt May. Also, I love that they just made her hot. Like in the other two, it's always like an old, it's always an older Aunt May. And this one, it's like, what if she was pretty hot? <laughs> like, like <laughs> we were just what, what just if what if what if Aunt May was a sex icon? <laughs> yeah. Well, but they, different different podcast. <laughs> one of the memes I I saw online was because like they they never directly referenced that there was an Uncle Ben and somebody just put a picture of Marissa Tomei and George Costanza from Seinfeld and just said <laughs> in the Marvel canon in my mind this is yes. Uncle Ben and it's just a picture of George Costanza. It's like, <laughs> it should and be. <laughs> and to be fair, Marvel is totally fan servicey enough that that if they if you know in like the next spider-man movie like they just pull out a picture of aunt may and uncle ben and it's just it's just jason alexander just fucking just mugging it up yeah (laughs) it just just wouldn't surprise me at all just being like hey this tweet got like thirty thousand retweets i think the fans really want it put it in the script put it in the script (laughs) but that that moment is is earned because one Peter gets his true motivation. I, like I mentioned it, when we were talking about homecoming before that, that, you know, his motivations in that movie were all like kind of daddy issue and relationship issues and not relationship issues are a p- big part of the Peter Parker story, but P- Spider-Man's 
built off of loss. Like he's built off of the death of a loss and his overreaction to that death and him doing something that he regrets because of that death. Mm -hmm. And I think that leads to the introduction of the new spider, the the older Spider-Man, Toby and Andrew. They come in through the portals that Ned. It's one of those things that even on a rewatch, when what, um, like even even though I kind of knew going in that this was going to happen, but like opening night when I saw that fucking movie, and you see Ned open up the portals, and you immediately start knowing, like, oh my god, this is where it's going to happen. This is where Andrew is going to come out. This is where Toby's going to come out. Oh my god! And I just love, like, I'm sure you saw this on your second screen too, because I did it too. Where like the second they come out, everyone's minds are like, "What the fuck? Like, are you kidding me? This is amazing." This is awesome. <laughs> it was like just like what you needed and what everyone wanted to see in the fucking movie right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it works. Well, no, well, I think, well, they got the order of it right. They started with Andrew, yeah. like like Toby is Spider-Man to a generation of people. And no matter what you say to them, the big, he's the best Spider-Man. Yeah. And having Andrew come in first, it kind of, it kind of preps you for Toby coming in. And it lets him have his spotlight before Toby would naturally just overshine it. But Andrew really does the best in this. He has his redeeming moment during the battle sequence. Because once the Spider-Man's come in, it kind of just goes right to the end. Like they they go find Peter and they tell Peter about like their experiences with death, like, like in the movies with like, you know, Toby talks about losing his uncle Ben. And then I like that the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, even though in his movies, they literally lose Uncle Ben. He just mentions Gwen Stacy. He doesn't mention losing his Uncle Ben. Like he didn't yeah. turn to Toby and be like, you lost your Uncle Ben too? Uh, I, I was cool... totally expecting that. Like imagine that, like, that, oh, I lost my Uncle Ben. Oh God. That, well, oh, it's like, that's no kind way. of a co- <laughs> co-winky dink that two of the Spider-Mans lost their Uncle Ben's. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah, but, but this... The, it, it, they, they give Peter the, you know, kind of try to give him some kind of context of, and it's parallel to Into the Spider-Verse after Miles' uncle dies, where the five Spider-Men that, that come in, you know, they say they lost their uncle, Ben, Benjamin, who, whatever their variation of uncle Ben was. And they're, you know, being like, Peter, we're the only people that, and actually know what you're going through where where he's where where spider-man will always be like you don't know what, it, what i'm going through you don't know what it's like and it's like we're, we're literally the only people that could actually relate it was a great scene though um in the new one i mean it was like a surprise like very emotional like andrew garfield especially just sold it where it, like you could tell that like the fact that gwen stacy died um just ate up his spider-man inside for years and years and years not even him just saying it but just like the emotion that he was just fucking like about to start crying right then and there you know yeah well he well i yeah well he was basically crying about uh how bad his spider-man movies were and it it was (laughs) why did sony fuck me over (laughs) and if it was just a few years later he would have been a part of the mcu as spider-man uh but he yeah he andrew definitely toby's kind of an awkward guy like just in his even in the original Spider-Man, that was like he was that was like the spin on Peter Parker they made was that he's just he's a little more awkward, which fits Toby's character. Personality. Yeah. Yeah. And even I, to I the fact, think of, 
I think it works. And I think it works really well because those movies, those, the Sam Raimi trilogy of Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, it follows that so many of like the iconic Spider-Man beats, but they do enough different to make it kind of stand out on its own. Uh, Just in terms of like the way the characters are built, like, spider-man just like he's the only spider-man that shoots his web from his wrist and that's actually a pretty funny scene where 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 tom holland spider-man is like uh where they're talking about it and it's like yeah does your web uh shoot from uh anywhere else (laughs) no it's it's great that they touched on it it's like how bizarre that is that like they made that choice from toby toby's really the outlier (laughs) and that was a highlight for sure i thought there's just there's they're setting up for the final fight and they're at the Statue of Liberty, which, uh, you know, Marvel's Marvel's a little full of themselves uh, with the with building, you know. And I'm talking about Kevin Feige, being like, I have the ego now to just say, oh, it just fits the context of the world. I can rebuild the Statue of Liberty in my movies if I want to. Okay, okay, sure, do it. Well, I, I I think it makes sense in the universe, <laughs> but that's just me. So I don't know about you, but like it feels like in universe that makes sense that uh, they would want Captain America to be the new symbol of the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> well, do, does the Statue of Liberty get destroyed in any of the Marvel movies? Now somehow that's the one landmark that's uh, untouched in New York City. <laughs> so yeah, I feel like I don't like just put it put put like a captain statue where they built hudson yards you know like like nobody wants that there anyway so like why build like they could just build a steve rogers statue there right am i wrong no you're not wrong you're not wrong i I guess it's one of those things that like people are just Uh, it just makes sense it just makes sense for the ease of a filming location of a landmark i just i think you know i don't think in i don't think after the first avengers movie they would have pulled a stunt like that. You know what I mean? No, it, it took up until Endgame. Well, it's like this is a whole other discussion of like how many, much do people know about what happened in Endgame, but uh, in universe. But that's a whole other discussion. But I, I guess end of the day, Captain America is just a fucking war hero to say the least uh, for America, <laughs> uh, especially that after that is true. Thanos. <laughs> On the, they're setting up all the villains coming back, and Strange has his Bach, which we mentioned, but it's basically just the portal gun that like will send these people back to their universes when he presses it mm-hmm. all the spider-men are hanging out and they actually they have some very nice moments and they talk about like who you fought and and uh, toby's talking about fighting venom in spider-man 3 like fighting an alien and tom holland's spider-man's like yeah i went to space i fought aliens in space and then andrew garfield spider-man's just like oh I'm just not as cool as you guys. And they're like, whoa, whoa, don't say that about yourself. And it's very much a direct comment on the fans viewing. Meta. Of, it's very meta. It's yeah. very, very, very meta. <laughs> I, I, I do like in general that they're like, uh, especially if Toby and Andrew in that scene where they're pretty much just like, yeah, here are like the shitty villains that we didn't want to include in this movie that we're going to talk about real quick. Just like, ah, fuck it. We had the Rhino. Um, we don't need to talk about him. Oh, yeah. Had, the- uh, Venom. Not the Tom Hardy one. Let's not talk about him. I, I kind of wish, <laughs> wish they brought Topher Grace back. That would have been hilarious. Oh, God. I, I'm sure Topher Grace. Hilarious. I'm sure Topher Grace if was they, like, if, no. Sony, if Sony wasn't making a Venom 
trilogy right now, they would have absolutely brought Topher Grace Blatt back instead but, of instead of Sandman, dude. Sandman, come on. Yeah, Sandman or Venom? <laughs> Who are you picking? Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Everyone, everyone picks Venom. Um, that yeah, being exactly. said, fuck Topher Grace as Venom. <laughs> Ter- worst part of that movie. But that makes it the best part of the movie because the movie sucks. Ah, the Sandman scenes are good, but I mean, it, the second I, I rewatched, like I said, I rewatched all the Toby movies um, recently to get prepared for this movie. And Spider-Man Three is, I think, good until they shoehorn in Venom in the last fucking twenty minutes of that movie. And it's like, why? We don't need there, this. There are so many movies that are good until they're not good, Tommy. And then you know what that makes them? Not good. Makes them a bad movie. <laughs> Well, I, I, Spider-Man 3 gets one of those raps that like I, I don't think it's a fucking dumpster fire people act like it's like one of the worst fucking movies of all time it's and definitely not that it's Sam Raimi no. is a good enough director to not make a movie that bad exactly the amazing it, Spider-Man 2 is actually in that conversation I, I, the first I would amazing and actually the first amazing Spider-Man I think you could maybe throw in that conversation I, I'd agree if I agree with that especially with the amazing Spider-Man 2 but it's like yeah Spider-Man 3 it's if I had to rate it like out of five, not, I, I'd give like compare, a 2.5 maybe. When you, when you compare it against the first two. Yeah. Raimi trilogy, Spider-Mans that are so focused and like just so Spider-Man. That Very streamlined. It, yeah, that it, that it just falls off a cliff. But it's better than the two amazing Spider-Man. So it has that going for it. Yeah. So um, um, basically we're just telling you that Andrew Garfield's movies just fucking sucked. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad for the guy, but he does get his redemption. He gave a whole spiel about Gwen Stacy dying, Emma Stone, who he dated. So he dated. So here's a fun fact, weird mm-hmm. little fun fact: all of the Spider Men have dated their love interest in real life. So did, did Tom, Toby date Kirsten Dunst? <laughs> yeah, he dated her during, while they were filming the original Spider Man, but they that had to up. be they but they broke up before. The, before the premiere of the movie that had to be and, one of those like james franco like 30 rock things where it's just like a publicity stunt <laughs> where it's just clearly like okay what? you guys like you guys have to date uh, because this is just the fucking movie that's definitely not it but i think when you're just in that kind of an intimate situation it could and if you're two single people in your early 20s it can very easily happen um and then andrew garfield and emma stone very famously dated and then now Tom Holland is dating Zendaya, or they're hooking up. Or I don't know. I don't. Really they're they're dating. They're they're a full-on relationship, as far good, as I know. Good for, good for them. Uh, yeah, I know. I like. I mean, he, Tom Holland's the biggest star on the planet right now. And yeah. Yeah it it's not it's not easy being that, but we'll touch on the future of Spider Man and the future of the Marvel movies after we just kind of finish covering the wrapping entire... this up. <laughs> yeah, we're going to, we're trying to wrap up there. So Tommy, please stop interjecting your nerd gasms. I'll try. I'll try my best. <laughs> please. And thank you. But they, so they fight and they all have, they built these serums to, to heal all the heroes uh, or all the villains of their issues that turn them into the superheroes that are supervillains that they are mm-hmm. and it it's one of the better marvel fight scenes but i like i have like, i have an issue with like the lighting like why is it so dark like why couldn't there uh, be like a cool like, like i was couldn't... thinking the exact same thing especially like, during that one shot where they have toby 
Andrew and Tom on their costumes. And it's like the big one shot and it looks too dark. It's like, I can't see fucking uh, Toby's character like at all in that shot. And it's like, it should be very bright and well lit. (laughs) We want to see these guys. (laughs) Like, why couldn't they have just done it at like sunset? Like they didn't. And what's weird is, is, is after like, like the dimension portal rips because the goblin steals the box and he puts a bomb in the box and it starts to rupture the multiverse and all these so strange comes back and now he was trapped in the multiverse for a little bit and then uh ned opened that opened it back up and he sees that peter is actually succeeding in his plan because he had healed four of the five villains except for gabi at this point but they and they 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 like 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 why was it so dark like why couldn't it have just been at sunset the whole time like you and like when I think of comic books as a medium, it's such a vibrant and like it's a big issue I have with like the MCU as a whole. All of those mar like comic books are so lively, like the costumes are like like Wolverine literally in the comics wears like a bright yellow tunic. <laughs> like like that's so utterly ridiculous. But that that's what I think of comics is like how lively and vibrant the colors are because it's such a visual medium. And they're like all the Marvel because they try to make them look alike. So it's one big giant universe, which I get, but it takes away from like the, like the visual nature. And I think a lot of like the icon. Like, oh, I don't like, know. I think the MCU has been better about that than like previous years, um, like previous um, film adaptations, like the fucking X-Men movies from the early 2000s. Instead of having, like you said, like the yellow jumpsuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm not talking have- about, I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about like, like just think about like the Joss Whedon Avengers because I think he was one of the last directors to actually have full reign of his movie and you mm. just like like I'm thinking like think about how like the shot of the five or six of them standing outside uh, Grand Central in the circle shot which was like the first like real like like full page like comic panel whatever they're called uh, you know yeah. the the, the comic, comic spread yeah the comic spread shot. That's like that's a shot that like they're gonna show in, in film schools like a hundred years from now. Yeah. And it and it works because it's like all the characters look different. They all have their very unique costumes, and it's so well lit, it's so bright, it's so like it's just so engaging. And like mm. I feel like I rewatched in Infinity War and Endgame, and I really Infinity War is my second favorite of the Marvel movies, but they're so it's so like I don't I don't know what the fuck's going on half the time. Like, I can't see what's going on in these movies. It, it is a struggle, yeah, especially in this uh, new Spider-Man movie. Like, like I said, they, they, they should have just had a fucking bright shot. We need we need to see that. <laughs> yeah, but again, that, that's just me. This is one of those things I have with these movies. And I think part of it is that they pre... Because they pre-render all the action shots and they take it out of the director's hands. And using this pre-rendering, they just put they can determine the lighting and it keeps it consistent because it's about the universe. It's not about the individual movie. It's more like a TV show at this point of the MCU. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it, I think it works sometimes, but I, but like when I'm watching this, it's kind of like, yeah, it's like some of these visuals could just like the multiverse was ripping around them and strange is doing all these cool, like, like, like he's sending out these big bulbs and I'm like, this should look like, this should be like Academy Award winning effects here with the budget that Marvel has. And it's like, it's cooler than some of their stuff, but I feel like they could have done 
They could have. They could have done. It's kind of muddled. Yeah. It's kind of muddled, and it's just it's just an issue I've had with them is that visually they're just they can't they get they've gotten in their own way of by trying to make it all uniform and uh, like you said like as a TV show it gets in the way like you shouldn't be lighting a blockbuster movie like it's a television program you know you should be lighting it like it's a blockbuster movie because people are paying money to see this on a big screen they want to see what's happening they don't want to see like like the shadow like they don't need like they don't want to have somebody have a phone out in, on the screen so that you can at least so they can get some lighting in there just put any kind of some brightness moon. just put the put put it's the biggest moon that's ever existed in the history of humanity really doesn't matter just give me the light yeah <laughs> like so, so and, this this was this was probably like your least favorite part of the movie then just that one no, shot <laughs> no no i like the i like the shot i think it's i think it's a cool shot it, it's more of a comment on the marvel universe cinematography yeah the cinematography is just bad and like like going back to Endgame, like I rewatched it and I enjoyed it the second time more than I enjoyed it the first time. Well, I broke it into pieces because I didn't watch it in one shot. Yeah, who but, can watch a three-hour movie these days? <laughs> yeah, but I like the fight scene. Like I don't know what the hell is happening. It's so dark. I never had that problem with Endgame. I don't know. Endgame felt like very kind of brightish to me and like all the different like colors and stuff. No, it did. It did. It did before. It like it, it's really lively and bright, and they go to different settings and. They don't really change, but you put like they go to the seventies. Like that, you could have put a sepia over like the seventies filter, and they just choose not to do that. Like, but that, that's not even my criticism. It's like they have the big field because they crash, they blow up the Avengers HQ or whatever, and and it went from being like sunny and bright out to now like the sun doesn't exist anymore. So mm-hmm. it's now just dark, and it's just so like like give me lighting. Like I don't. I don't want like shadows covering these people's faces. Like I want to see their faces. I want to see. The only time I want shadows is when it's like Batman or Daredevil when it makes sense with the character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not but not during not during like the the most epic like comic book battle in the history. No, of exactly. Cinema. So, uh, um, going back just, to the to the curing part, um, we didn't really touch to, on this. Listen, we're 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 gonna have a long podcast on this movie. I had to trash on Marvel somewhat specifically. Timmy had I, to get his uh, fucking I had, rant out. I had, I had to get it. I had to get it. And I'm sorry. It was Tim, biting me up. It's in my notes. I'm reading yeah. my notes. It's in my notes. But. So, um, but yeah, go, going back to the curing part um, was really funny. Um, we didn't really touch upon this that much, but the lizard and the Sandman are both in this movie, um, respectively from um, Amazing Spider-Man and Spider-Man 3. And Thomas Hayden Church and Reese Ivins, the two actors, are very clearly weren't really available to shoot for this movie whatsoever so no, the they whole were term... they were available to shoot for it they didn't want they were they marvel had a conference and said people like doc ock people like yeah def, like green goblin and people don't like electro but they do like jamie fox so we can make it work yeah people don't know who sandman and the lizard are so just what we were going to have one for every movie just to make it even but they're not getting the screen representation. Of, exactly. Of, so the whole they're time, not taken, time they're not taken from William Defoe's screen at, screen time, which is the right decision, by the way. No, it's, it is. It's why it's work because they don't try to they don't try to like make it even. It's like no, 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 no. Defoe is the star of this show. It is very clearly they had a priority list, but it was very funny that um, the whole entire time that you don't even see the two actors, uh, Reese Evans and uh, Thomas Hayden Church, until, until like the last cured. scene, like the, until they until not even until they get cured until they like go back like. 
like when they go back is like the only time you see them basically. Oh yeah, no, very very briefly. Form. It's like a very briefly one shot where it's like, okay, well, uh, Tom saying Church, you have one hour of shooting this whole time. This is all you get. <laughs> this is all you fucking have. <laughs> well, they they might have been on set like with like the green screen costumes on. That wouldn't have surprised me. Yeah, but otherwise it's just CGI. But let's get let's get this over them. with. But but yeah, but Pete, but. But because the box got destroyed, it started a rupture in hmm. the hole. In the hole, and Peter has to make the ultimate sacrifice of. And this is very Peter Parker, and this is why this movie works because it's it's a really good Spider-Man story. Is that Peter begins the story putting his personal life over being Spider-Man, and then has to put being Spider-Man and the universe over his personal life and the only way strange can make sure that all these multiverses don't merge together is if they just send out the original spell of everybody in the world will forget who peter parker is so that means that his girlfriend mj and his best friend ned and dr strange and happy they're nobody's going to know who peter parker is it's like he doesn't even exist and it does set it up right in the classic spider-man since um at the end of the very end of the last shot of the movie he's in his shitty <laughs> apartment right by right off of fifth avenue yeah of course he has a crappy walk up right across fifth avenue mm-hmm. okay sure but anyway he has his crappy apartment i r- actually really love the color of the 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 suit that he crafts for himself because he doesn't have access to the stark tech anymore so he has to make his own spider-man suit and it like the blue was like very comic booky, like the red, very the bright and vibrant, like very we were just bright, arguing about like, before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it exactly would have been nice if they could have. Been, it would have been very nice if we could have seen that, you know, throughout the entire movie. But I digress. But it was well, yeah, Tommy. Seeing it for ten seconds isn't is kind of proving my point. Yeah, but uh, you know, he he makes that sacrifice, and he he tells MJ that that he's going to come and explain everything to her. But he sees that her and Ned got into MIT and he feels like he can't, he can't, he can't take away a normal life for them because he's putting them at risk. And it's it's a very classic Spider-Man and to put a very classic Spider-Man story in a, in an epic movie like this is really impressive in my opinion, because it's, it could have very like that kind of personal Peter Parker thing could have just gotten overshadowed and people still would have eaten this movie up, but it, but it works because they kept that part of the story. So true to Spider-Man. Yeah, no, exactly. It's just one of those things that like, despite all the fucking characters we have and all the villains, all the heroes, all the different Spider-Mans, we still had a very personal relationship throughout the movie um between mj and spidey and uh ned to a lesser extent but still they still kept a human emotion to it still kept it a little bit grounded yeah it it was good and it keeps that teen relate like that teen relatability of Mm -hmm. the earlier homecoming movies that i that is what makes those kind of stand out from other marvel movies into a movie that doesn't really focus on it Mm-hmm. But it keep it, but it just having that college arc be so relatable with that college mm-hmm. decision and like leaving your friends behind, it was a really good, I think it was a really good way to keep a Peter Parker story in an epic Spider Man tell. Yeah. Uh, but let, let's just briefly touch on the, the future of Spider Man. Um, so. 
at the end of the movie, um, like we just mentioned, Spider-Man is, uh, no one knows who he is. No one knows who Peter Parker is, rather. Um, this is a way that they could either reboot him into MCU um, or just keep him in the Sony universe by himself. But um, Sony themselves have their own plans for Spider-Man. Uh, they're making a Morbius movie of Jared Leto, which looks like hot garbage. Uh, is that a Spider-Man character? Yeah, Morbius is a Spider-Man villain, and Sony is so desperate for any Spider-Man money that they're just making fucking movies out of like D-list Spider-Man movies. Uh, they should, they Spider-Man should, villains. They should really like advertise like that Spider-Man is like this is a part of a Spider-Man universe because I had not. Agreed. They've slight the I guess the slightly they show in the trailers that the vultures in it, um, Michael Keaton, but it's not in the MCU, which is weird. And then they're making um, a Craven the Hunter movie with Aaron Taylor Johnson from Kick-Ass. And it's just like, why Why does Craven deserve his own movie? He's a fucking... Like, so, Sony is going to learn the hard way because they're going to try to spin off their Spideyverse. But if The yeah. Amazing Spider-Man has shown us anything, it's that Sony does not deserve oh God, yeah. the rights to any franchise. If Ghostbusters 2016 and Ghostbusters Afterlife tells us anything, it's that Sony just, just does not deserve to try to make franchise movies and if they had tried to reboot this without the kevin feige and mcu these would have been a disaster well even even if like the andrew garfield movies before they canceled amazing spider-man um three and onwards they were going to do stuff like they're going to make a spy movie with aunt may in the 60s and it's like what like does anyone ask it for that <laughs> Like that'd be awful. <laughs> oh, you mean like like the Ghostbusters cinematic universe? I you 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 should yeah. I'll, I'll agree that like the 2016 ones like, eh. but I like the new one. I like I like 2019. <laughs> you mean 2021 or 21? Yeah, I, I, fucking pandemic brain right now. <laughs> it's more like White Claw brain. That too, yeah. <laughs> but. but so yeah, I, well, I think the interesting thing is I read an, a GQ article with. That features Tom Holland and I. Whoever his PR person definitely put in there that he is tired of being Spider-Man because it's got to be tiring because there's a quote in there where he said like, you know, it, it's tiring when you're just trying to walk to like a store to get to get like groceries and then have people hounding you and asking for pictures and autographs and all this stuff. He said he remembered a time where he went off on on like a random group of people and then like. 10 seconds later he apologized because he remembered that like a lot of people look up to spider-man and these are people that are getting bullied in school and are going through tough times and that i have to remember that being spider-man is bigger than what i want like it's it is a responsibility because that's how you like spider-man's spider-man is the second biggest hero in my mind behind batman 100 in, ter- in terms yeah. of like and like i would say in terms of relatability he's easily the most relatable hero yeah and i agree uh, well, well holland's been saying so much shit like this lately where he's like oh um if i'm in my 30s and i'm still playing spider-man i did something wrong and it's just like to an extent yes I, I guess what he's saying that he wants to like diversify himself so he's just not known as mr spider-man so he's gonna be nathan drake in the new uncharted movie which no one's excited about <laughs> yeah he said in that article he was like that movie beat the crap out of me like because like so much of it was cgi like the spider-mans are cgi and this was this movie like the nathan drake one it was like a lot of physical action and he said it like really like affected his body but he's 
he did he released sherry which i think was the apple plus movie that came out is a college dropout army medic movie where he's trying to you know he's trying to show his i haven't seen it but he's trying to show his dramatic side he's, he's like, gonna yeah he's gonna hey, be i can fred do stuff other than spider-man <laughs> he's gonna be fred astaire in a fred astaire uh, biopic which actually that's actually a pretty good casting i'm not gonna lie but they yeah he he i, I one it's always a, a good play at the end of your contract to make it sound like you're willing to walk away do you want to know why, Tommy? Money. Yeah. They're going to offer him a lot more. They'll offer him, because I think if I'm, if I look up his net worth, because he signed, I think he signed a three feature contract. For well, Spider-Man. He find like a three feature and then the, 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 the Avengers appearances too. So yeah, in total, I mean, at this point, he's doubled uh, Toby's um, output. Toby's yeah, Toby only did three movies, and he's done six at this point. Yeah, but he, but he was, but he, but he wasn't the star of that. But his net worth is only eighteen million dollars, and you would think that, you know, the actor of Spider Man, who's one of the biggest heroes, would have made a lot. You know, he probably owns. Well, you, you also you also have to take those uh, net worth sites with a grain of salt. I mean, they're not always the most accurate thing, but no, I mean, of well, it's not, well, net worth is just based off of earnings. It's not based off of cash flow. I, like yeah. off of earnings, like I would think that Tobey Maguire off of his three Spider-Man and Andrew Garfield off of his two Spider-Mans probably earned more than Tom Holland has over his six appearances as Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. It's one of those things that like Tobey, because they, they pulled an, because they pulled an unknown kid and they made him Spider-Man and it was a, great casting decision but he had no leverage to negotiate and i think now he does he's i yep and i think he's if he doesn't want to keep playing spider-man good for him they're they'll just make a live action miles morales movie if they do want to keep if he does want to keep doing it they will i think amy pascal the producer for sony said that she'll gladly make a million spider-man movies with with tom holland so I, I think he'll be back for one or two more, but I don't. Yeah, think, but I don't think he wants to do the MCU anymore. I think it's that's that's exhausting. I think that he's going to be in like one more Avengers movie at best. Um, no, I, I I I think Mar. I, well, I think if so, if if Marvel had the full control of Spider Man, yes, I would agree. I think Tom Holland has enough leverage, and I think Sony can just say like, well, we're just trying to protect our guy here. He really doesn't want to do these marvel movies anymore but if if like if spider-man was controlled fully by marvel i i don't think he would i don't think he would have i think he would have to do one more but because i think marvel wanted to hinge this whole they wanted to make spider-man the The new iron man Man, the new iron man but it's i i don't think i don't think tom holland's gonna want that to to happen from what it seems like so um anyway spider-man's just spider-man's just he works best when he's independent and he's not the biggest hero on the face of the planet. Exactly. He's very good in, in that, that little aspect as the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> to put simply. So to wrap it up, uh, review so, time out of well, five no, no, stars. No, no. Well, no, 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 no. Going, you go first. You go yet. first. We're not going to reviews yet, Tommy. Jesus Christ. It's time for who stole the show. I am a star. I'm a star. I'm a star. I'm a star. I am a big, bright, shining star.
So Tommy, in my opinion, this is Tom Holland's movie and he does an excellent job. But Willem Dafoe coming back as the Green Goblin, absolutely still a show. All right. Um, I think I think that's a very worthy candidate. Um, I would have to go with Andrew Garfield because um, expectations were fucking in the basement with Andrew Garfield, even as a Spider-Man in general. And he, like we said uh, earlier in the pod, redeemed the fuck out of himself. He made himself emotional to the fact that people are now saying on like Twitter. I mean, granted, no, no you know, hey. know how many people, but people want Amazing Spider-Man three apparently now. That's yeah, something but- that people are saying. And if, if I'm not were, saying that will happen, if you make movies for Sony, don't listen to anybody on Twitter ever. Yeah. Like don't <laughs> let people on Twitter dictate what you make. Uh, yeah. But no, I, I don't agree. I don't disagree, but it's, um, I think that William Defoe is great, but we already knew that William Defoe is great. Andrew Garfield showed us, Hey, I was actually could be a good Spider-Man if I had the right script. <laughs> so, Okay. Okay. All right, that's fair. I'd also just shout out, he wasn't in the movie enough, but shout out J. Jonah Jameson and J.K. Simmons because he's just, he just fucking rocks in that role, man. He just does. Yeah. He owns it. He he owns it. He owns the hell of it. He even plays J. Jonah in all the Spider Man cartoons now. (laughs) That's awesome. And then before we do a review, Ah, are you ready, comedy partner? Waka waka. Does this movie work as a Muppet? adaptation oh um yes <laughs> if no, you did this wrong, all as wrong. no you're wrong uh, if you did this all as muppets i would totally see the muppet spider-man movie where um you'd have to keep one person as a non-muppet who would it be <laughs> one person oh um i th- you probably have to go spider-man right like you need you probably need spider-man to be you always make that like the lead in the Muppet adaptations, either either Spider-Man himself or or William Green Defoe. or Green Goblin, <laughs> just Defoe going crazy off of Kermit uh, the Spider-Man. <laughs> Although I would like to see like Fozzie Bear playing, uh, play or or uh, one of the old guys playing <laughs> playing the Green Goblin. That'd be oh, funny, that'd be great. It would be, but it'd be pretty bad. It wouldn't work on this epic scale. But um, th- that's something we're going to do with the movies we examine now. We're going to see if it would work as a Muppet adaptation and so. we'll see how it goes. But review time, Tommy. What would you okay. give this out of five stars? Out of five stars, I would probably have to give this honestly 4.5 out of five. Um, like I said, I love this movie. There wasn't that much that took me out of it. There wasn't that much that like made me like really nitpicky or really pissed off about it. Um, you know, we did have a little criticism about the the brightness but it really didn't take out the movie it kept on an epic scale all the peter parker all the spider-man fan service things that we wanted but in a way it didn't for the most part feel forced um i know you didn't really like the daredevil thing but i loved da- seeing daredevil in the movie we, oh, yeah, um, we didn't mention that daredevil's in this but great alert. for me yeah another spoiler alert um but you know it really just felt like while they had all this fan servicey shit they still kept a very personal emotional tale about spider-man wanting to just basically try and live a normal life and realize hey i can't do that so quintessential peter parker i think it was probably in my like top three spider-man movies after spider-man 2 and spider-verse of course so <laughs> i would agree with pretty much everything you said 3.5 so. out of five <laughs> all right just, I, I just uh, listen you have you you're 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 an easy grader tommy you give you give hive grades you just hand them out 
like they're candy. But yeah, this is really my first. Good, when I say 3.5 out of 5, that means it's a really good movie and you should absolutely go see it, in my opinion. Yeah. All right. And, uh, so I guess anything else you want to say? This We're probably a little long here. At this point, thank you for uh, checking in. We're probably almost 90 minutes at this point in the pod. <laughs> so yeah. thank you, so, guys. <laughs> and I'm Tim Sestito. I'm Tommy Tavanay. And you have now seen the movie.